Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler, you're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Where you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast? Stevie B's Media Production presents the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips. From the state of Georgia, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. There are over 1,800 live shows that are on the air at this hour, but you will find this show tonight on page one. I just looked at it before we came on the air, but it might be on page, I'm sorry, on page two. But since we came on the air, it might be on page one. So you'll just see it on pages one or two of that website. Isn't that a blessing? If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, you can just give me a senior emails to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in the word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion 
of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington and Courtney Carruthers, as they break into our listeners the bread of life. And also my co-host, Steve Cordo, who will be answering the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts, that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in to this program this evening via Blog Talk Radio, as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. For we recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us. And keep us in love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, in the first segment, my speaker is the co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. He serves with the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. He'll be making his proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, we have a question from my shout-out platform on social media, Facebook, I'll be posing to my co-host, Steve Corder. He serves with the East Park Church of Christ there in Danville, Illinois. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Courtney Brothers. He serves as the evangelist for the Colonial Village Church of Christ there in Chicago, Illinois. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice here will be that of my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Let us gather 
in the light. Come on and in the light. Send the light. Oh, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from dark shores. listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, and his subject, the Great Commission. Thank you, Brother Stevie. Uh, hope all is well with you and your family, and uh, want to uh, thank you for preparing this program and this great me- for these great messages that come out to our listeners that they may hear and understand uh, the life and love uh, of God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The mission uh, for all Christians is the Great Commission, but the mission is about God. It's about the world. Uh, and it's about you. But the number one priority for mission and the Great Commission is not to spread Christian values, but to spread Christ. Uh, and tonight I want to uh, provide you with a lesson or some information about the mission, and that is the Great Commission. Now, uh, if we want to be a great congregation of people, uh, or locally, if you want to be a great church, then we must have a great commitment to the Great Commission. Now, that commitment starts with you and me individually. Whatever we do, we must not treat the Great Commission like the Great Suggestion. This is not a suggestion. This is a commission, command to obey. So when Christians talk about the Great Commission, we are talking about the mission that Jesus placed on every believer, each and every believer, you and me. He placed every believer in every generation. That mission is to tell people around the world 
the gospel of Jesus Christ, how he saves and how they can grow uh, with God's word. Now, but before we dive into this, um, I want you, want you to understand that missions help you battle with your own selfishness. That's right. Missions help you battle with your own selfishness. It causes you to think outside outside the box. It helps you to think outside who you are. It's one thing to care about the people immediately around you or in your sphere of influence, but it's another level of maturity to care about those people and those uh, you have not met. So God not only uses missions to reach people, but also to grow his people, and we are his people. Mission, the Great Commission, is a part of your discipleship and your personal growth. Now, with that said, let's take a look at the Great Commission that's found in Matthew 28, 18, and 20. Jesus came and said to his disciples, he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. It's very important. We're going to deal with that in just a few minutes. He said, now, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end uh, of the age. That's from the NLT version. So for us to embrace the Great Commission, everyone listening today, every preacher, every individual, every, every member, we need to be all in on missions. So in the Great Commission, there are five alls. There's all authority, all the nations, all the commands. I'm with you always, and uh, and 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 imply all. But to help us understand the Great Commission, I want us to take a look at each one. I may not be able to get to through each one right now tonight, um, due to my condition of this sickness that I have, this cold. But we're going to try our best. Now, mission is about the sovereignty of God. Number one. Mission is about the sovereignty of God. Missions around the world cannot happen without the power and authority of God working through his people. Amen? We all agree. Now, the first all we see is in verse 18 when Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Now, this is an important part of the all. This refers to all kinds of of authority. It signifies the Lord's authority in every realm. The realm of authority mentioned is all authority in heaven. Now, this is the spiritual Jesus. This is the spiritual Jesus has authority over all angels, demons, everything about heaven and hell. He has power over things with salvation, eternity. Uh, this is where you find forgiveness, grace, and mercy. He has all authority uh, to judge and reward. He has all authority over every religion uh, that regards the Hindus, the Muslims, uh, Christianity. He is Lord over all. He has all authority over the spiritual realm, whether that authority is recognized or not. Now, the other realm of authority mentioned is 
all authority in not only in heaven but on earth. Now, this is the temporal realm. The first one was the spiritual realm. This is the temporal realm on earth where we can see, touch, and feel. Jesus has power over all those things. Jesus has all authority on earth. He has power over our family, our, our, our finances, our emotions, our education. He has power over He has authority over it all. This means that he is the Lord over the good and the bad, the rich and the poor, those who follow him and those who don't. Those who believe in him, those who believe in Jesus, and those even who reject him, Jesus still has all authority. He is sovereign over every nation, every tribe, every language, every people group. He has all authority over every black, white, brown person, any color there is of mankind. He has all authority, everyone who is on earth. He has authority over everything on earth, whether everything on earth acknowledges it or they do not acknowledge it. He still has authority. So when you declare Jesus as Lord, you are not simply declaring uh, his lordship over you, but his sovereign lordship over everything in heaven and earth. But here's the reality of all this. Not everything in the spiritual realm or the earthly realm acknowledges or recognizes Jesus' authority. But one day, one day, one day, everything and everyone will declare his authority. Philippians 2 says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. And at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Not just, you know, Christian knees, but every knee shall bow. Muslim knees, Hindu knees, Japanese knees, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus is Lord and the glory of God the Father. Now, missions is about the sovereignty of God and his lordship over heaven and earth. So when it comes to mission, uh, the Great Commission, uh, global evangelism or evangelism, Jesus is talking about seeing individuals redeemed, but he is also talking about redeeming everything in heaven and on earth. Missions is about seeing every spiritual thing and every earthly thing submitting to the lordship of Jesus. And this brings me to the first or the second all of the great commission. The second number two was the mission is about the sovereignty of God. Now, this mission or commission is about the people of the world. Missions is about the people of the world. The second all is found in verse 19 where Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, excuse me, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus says we are to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, let's break this down into little bite-sized 
tenable pieces and thinkable pieces. Number one, what's a nation? Well, by definition, nation is a large body of people united by common descent, history, culture, language, and habitatory. Now, these nations are often referred to as people groups or countries today. The International Mission Board has identified hundreds of people or people groups around the world that are unreached. An unreached people group is a group of people where there is less than 2% Christians and no existing church to help uh, reach those people. So some of these unreached people groups are the Ayo people in China, uh, the Abaza people in Russia, and the Aidian people in India. Uh, according to this uh, mission board, 59% of the world is unreached. Now, now, that's amazing that, you know, we have the truth and we're not getting it out to all the world. But they say 59% of the world is unreached. Now, this comes to about 4.9 billion people, close, something like that. My math is not all that perfect, but it sounds kind of right. Number three, one of the things that makes the Great Commission great is that its end result is to see people groups saved, countries redeemed, and nations living under the authority of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus says exactly what he means, and we all know that. Jesus says, go and make all nations. Now, this is more than just, you know, seeing a few representatives from each nation being saved. You know, one or two here, one or two there, one in you know Caribbean, whatever. But the goal of the Great Commission is to see the world redeemed. I mean, what a beautiful sight that would be. Paul mentioned this in Second Corinthians, Second uh, uh, Corinthians five, uh, when he says, "God has given us the task of reconciling people to Him." For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now, what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to be doing uh, with all these nations, people, groups, and countries, and individuals within all these nations, what are we to do with them? Jesus says we are to make disciples. It's simple, right? Make disciples. But let me hit the pause button here for a second. Are you a member of all nations congregation are you a member of an all nations congregation meaning uh does your congregation is your con- as i guess Dr. King said it's the most segregated hour in on sunday and and that's sunday is the most segregated hour are are you a congregation that simply goes the all the all nation to you simply means you know black folk or whites or Hispanics? Well, if you don't know, or if you don't have this kind of congregation diversity, you are missing a beautiful a beautiful aspect of what Christianity is going to be like in heaven. So if you are not a part of an all-nation congregation, simply meaning when someone comes into your congregation and they see diversity all over the place, people from all parts of the world, then how will they understand going to all the nations 
and teach all or go into all the nations and make disciples. Try, understand, my brothers and sisters, that we need to do more about being inclusive and have diversity in our congregation. Because, again, we are missing a beautiful thing if we don't understand what it means to have someone who's different, a different culture, different language, uh, different people who are sitting next to me, but they're sitting next to me under the one gospel, under the one commission that God sent me and you out to do. So moving on, a disciple of Jesus is someone who is learning how to follow Jesus and live for him. But think about this. The Great Commission is about making disciples of individuals who are learning how to follow him, but also nations who are learning how to follow Jesus as a people. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to have someone sitting next to you who speaks Spanish or who's from a Spanish country or from an Indian country or from an Asian country, uh, but you all are there because of that one gospel that was taught to them, who, someone who did not know what it meant uh, to know and love Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing. I can't, I can't stress it enough. It's a beautiful thing to, to know that you are a member of an all-nations congregation. But when it comes to missions, to missions, we are talking about reaching nations for Christ people groups for Christ, wow, and countries for Christ. That's what we're talking about. When it comes to the Great Commission, we're talking about reaching nations for Christ, reaching people groups for Christ, and reaching countries, amen, for Jesus Christ. But obviously, this starts with one person at a time. And the goal is to see if people living under the, the authority of Christ, but also that nation's government submitting to the authority of Christ, that nation's educational system, watch this now, submitting to the authority of Christ, and that nation's politics, families, business submitting all to the authority of Jesus Christ. How does that happen? Well, us uh, to know and understand and appreciate, as I said in the beginning, the Great Commission. I'm going to have to stop here for now, but until the next time, I want you to stay in God's grip. We'll try to finish this lesson up on the next time. Thank you. God bless. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Precious son, yes. who that for? 
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question.
Good evening, everybody, and thank you again, Stevie, for having me uh, on the show, and welcome to everybody watching us via the Blog Talk Radio uh, platform or wherever you happen to be tuning in from. This evening's question that I'm going to be uh, answering is one that actually comes up pretty frequently, and that has to do with prophecy. What is it? Do we still have prophets today, and what of people claiming to be modern prophets, such as Nostradamus or uh, Sylvia Brown and, and uh, Jean Dixon and some of those get thrown into the mix? And there's considerable discussion about this in the religious world, and I even had a coworker once who said that she was a prophetess, but she never really gave any sort of prophecy that I could ever gauge or check to uh, to see if she was a true prophet, but... I have my doubts, and I'll explain why here as we move into it. But one of the things we have to do is to define our terms. What do we mean by prophecy? And Nelson's uh, Illustrated Bible Dictionary says that prophecy is predictions about the future and the end times. It's special messages from God often uttered through human spokesmen, which indicate the divine will for mankind on earth uh, and in heaven. Uh, and, and sometimes it's also defined as simply being a spokesman for God. And in the Old Testament, today we're going to be concentrating more on the uh, future uh, prediction aspect of it for this uh, lesson. And in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for prophecy uh, is uh, nabi, and it generally means a prophet or an inspired man. And then uh, uh, neboah is a prediction that can be spoken or written, and that's in the Hebrew. Greek, it's propheta, which means uh, a prediction. And then a prophetas is uh, the person making the prediction. It can mean a foreteller. Now, going back to the Old Testament, we see that in Exodus chapter 4, Moses' brother Aaron is described as a spokesman. Remember when God called Moses to go to Pharaoh? Moses didn't want to go. You know, I, hey, I can't talk. I'm not an eloquent speaker. And God said, okay, we'll send your brother with you. And he shall be your spokesman to the people. And he himself shall be as a mouth for you. And so that's uh, uh, Aaron is going to be speaking essentially for Moses. And then Moses was said to be a prophet in Exodus chapter 7, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. So the Hebrew word for spokesman and prophet are different words. However, generally a prophet is understood to be a spokesman as well as a predictor of the future. Now, um, we need some guidelines here before uh, you can really work with these definitions and tell us someone is a prophet. And you have to understand, first of all, only God knows the future. Uh, Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, Things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. That's God speaking. And then Romans 4, verse 17, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So uh, God knows the future and will make uh, prophecies through his spokesman. You also have to look, and this is a key, an event must be beyond the power of man to foresee and it must be demonstrated that the prediction was written before the event. Uh, fourth, the prediction must be unambiguous and unmistakable. And it must contain a sufficient number of details to exclude accident or guesswork. And then a fifth qualification is a prediction must have a clear and demonstrable fulfillment. 
And God takes all this very seriously. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, we're told there that if the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say to your, or say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord? If the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. Prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. So this is how serious God takes false prophecy. He uh, dictated the death penalty for anyone uh, who was uh, found to be a false prophet. And Jesus warned us to beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7. Now, when we look at biblical prophecy, Genesis 12, God made a promise to Abraham that he would uh, inherit the land, all that he could see. Acts chapter 3, verse 25, we see the fulfillment of it, where he was, uh, where uh, uh, Peter said that God had uh, fulfilled his promise to Abraham, and then uh, Stephen in Matthew, or uh, in, excuse me, in Acts chapter 7, said it was Abraham's descendants who benefited mostly from that uh, prophecy. And one other one, and this is one of the ones I really like to look at, uh, is Isaiah chapter 44. And there, there's a lot more prophecies in the Bible, but for our lesson this evening, and to, to keep it uh, brief, we'll just look at some of these. Isaiah 44, beginning in verse 28, into chapter 45, verse 2. Now, you got to remember, too, the chapter breaks were not put there by the authors. Uh, they came around much later, so just pretend that chapter break isn't there. And in verse uh, 28 of Isaiah 44, he says, Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, You shall be built, and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors, to set the gates uh, so, so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Now, when, at the time Isaiah made this prophecy, it, uh, Cyrus hadn't been born yet. Isaiah prophesied from about 740 to 681 B.C. Cyrus ruled from about 559 to 530 B.C. And later historians said that when Cyrus heard about this prophecy, it's what caused him to carry it out. It, it uh, moved him enough that he did that, and Isaiah predicted that Jerusalem would fall more than 100 years before it actually happened in 586 B.C. And Isaiah further predicted the temple to be rebuilt about 200 years before it happened. So it's not any sort of insider knowledge he could have gotten, except if it came from God. So those are some of the biblical prophecies, and there's more. In fact, um, Herbert Locklear wrote a book called All the Messianic Prophecies uh, of the Bible, and just the prophecies of the Messiah, of Jesus. Uh, there's approximately 300. And uh, Locklear's book on the prophecies of the Messiah is over 500 pages long. So, And some of that's got his commentary and, and things like that on it. But the, but the Bible in the Old Testament gives us some pretty definite prophecies. Now, I want to look at some so-called modern 
prophets, and probably the best known of all these uh, that we're going to look at is Michel de la Notre Dame, a French physician and astrologer, better known by the Latinized version of his name, Nostradamus. And he lived uh, 1503 to 1566. And in 1555, he published a book of rhymed prophecies in a quatrain form, uh, the title of which translates into English as Centuries. Now, a quatrain is a four-line stanza or verse. Uh, he wrote uh, in French uh, with some Latin and a little bit of Greek thrown into it, mainly to throw off his critics, because he got involved in, to do all, a lot of this. He got involved in the occult, uh, which didn't sit well with the French uh, Catholic authorities uh, in those days. And a couple of his better-known prophecies we'll look at. Now, there's one that I, my middle school French is rusted uh, beyond uh, any sort of recognition. And there's one that if you see it, when I, when I do, these, uh, do this lesson in, uh, with a congregation, I put this up on the screen so, they can, so I can point some things out. And it doesn't work real well on radio, but I'm going to do my best here to describe it to you. Where in this prophecy, he mentions an encounter with Hister, H-I-S-T-E-R. Um, and a lot of people looked at that and said, well, he's talking something about predicting Adolf Hitler's rise. But actually what he's talking about is something with the, involving the lower Danube River and the Ottoman Turks. It has nothing to do with, uh, with Hitler. And uh, in the language of his day, uh, keeping in mind languages do change over time, uh, it, uh, so it was not anything to do uh, with Hitler. And the, the idea or the concept that he was prophesying Hitler didn't actually come about until after the Second World War. So again, that's another issue with some of these modern prophets is we don't really hear about them until after the fact. Uh, it's like some of these people you see on late night television or on YouTube running their ads that they predicted the real estate crash of 2008 or they predicted this stock market turn or that. And uh, nobody's ever heard of them until after the fact. And I can look back and say that I prophesied or predicted something once it's happened, but the trick is being able to do it ahead of time. And then uh, Nostradamus supposedly prophesied King Henry II of France uh, dying in battle. The prophecy says the young lion will overcome the old one on the field of battle in single combat. He will burst his eyes in a cage of gold, two fleets, one, then to die a cruel death. And the interpretation of this generally is that uh, King Henry II was to die in battle, a younger combatant would kill him, and the king would be wearing some sort of uh, gilded or visor or cage. But the fact is, Francis King Henry II was wounded in a jousting match on July 1st, 1557. The match was part of a huge celebration to honor the wedding of his daughter Elizabeth to Philip II of Spain and of Henry's uh, sister Margaret to the Duke of Savoy. So they've got two weddings going on here in the family. At the time of the match, Henry was 40 years old. By those standards, that uh, may be middle age. Uh, I don't think people live that as long as we do uh, uh, in, the, in the 16th century. Um, but his opponent was the Count of Montgomery, uh, who was just a few years younger than the king. And he was wounded when uh, the Count's lance shattered uh, when the two met on the, on the jousting course, and a splinter uh, entered the king's helmet and pierced his skull right above his right eye and went right into his brain. And then he lingered for about 10 days before he died. So notice that the king died from wounds in a friendly jousting match, not in combat, 
the lion symbolism is kind of puzzling because uh, the symbol of French monarchs at that time was a fighting rooster, uh, not a lion. And, uh, and the king wore no gilded cage, and there was no damage to his eyes, and he lived for 10 days. And so you can see the prophecy is false, especially since about a year before, two years before the king died, Nostradamus himself wrote a letter to the king. And in that he addressed it, uh, greeted the king as to the most invincible, most powerful, and most Christian Henry, King of France II, um, uh, Michel Nostradamus, his most humble, most obedient servant and subject, wishes victory and happiness. Yeah, it doesn't appear the king was uh, quite as invincible as the good doctor thought, so we can call that prophecy false. And then... By the way, uh, we'll see how this one plays out, but he's predicted 2023 will be the end of the world. So I will check back with you in January on that one, uh, Stevie, and we'll see uh, if uh, if it comes true or not. And one last one that I would like to look at, uh, a little more recent than that, is Sylvia Brown, uh, psychic, medium, kind of considered a prophet, but she made a lot of predictions and her track record is pretty abysmal, uh, quite honestly. She was a favorite guest of Montel Williams when he had his show, and she was a favorite uh, target of James Randi, uh, who started his career as the amazing Randi, was a magician. He just passed away. Um, he was an atheist, and uh, he famously, right before he died, wrote a uh, unequivocal blaspheme accusation against God and predicted nothing would happen. Of course, well, you know, he he's probably knows better than that now that he's out in eternity. So one of her, a couple of her prophecies that she said was on uh, October, involved, one of them involved Sean Hornbeck, who on October 2nd, 2002, uh, he was 11 years old and was riding his bicycle near his home in Richwoods, Missouri when he was kidnapped. And later that year, his parents appeared on the Montel Williams show with Sylvia Brown and she told him that Sean had been kidnapped, quote, by a dark-skinned Hispanic man with dreadlocks, and that their son was now deceased. Well, he was missing for over four years before being discovered alive on January the 12th, 2007, along with another teenage boy kidnapped by a man named Michael J. Devlin, uh, who happened to be a, a white male with uh, short, cropped hair. So that prophecy fell flat on its face. And then in November 2004, she told the mother of Amanda Berry, who had disappeared 19 months earlier, that she's not alive, quote, she's not alive, honey, close quotes. And Brown also claimed that Berry was in water and that she had a vision of Berry's jacket in a garbage can with DNA on it. Berry's mother died two years later, believing her daughter had been killed. Unfortunately uh, for Sylvia, the uh, her daughter was still alive. Amanda Berry was found alive on May of 2013. And then in 2003, she predicted, Sylvia Brown predicted that she herself would live to the age of 88. She died in 2013 at the age of 77. Oh, and lastly, uh, Sylvia Brown was married four times, divorced three times, being outlived by her last husband. Um, somehow she couldn't even get uh, that right and pick a, a, a good husband. So, these modern prophets, we can see, you know, are, are psychic, whatever you want to call them, are people who are a lot of times making this up on the fly. If you watch their shows and you watch their line of questioning, they're asking a lot of leading questions. So we can conclude that these alleged modern prophets are false. 
And when a person claims to prophesy on God's behalf, the prophecy must come true. Uh, their prophet is false. In other words, a true prophet must have a 100% uh, success record. They have to be right every time. They can't miss one. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says that prophecies will end. So we do not need prophets anymore because we have the written word. God is not prophesying through people like he did Isaiah or uh, uh, Amos or any of those Old Testament prophets. So if someone is claiming today to be a prophet of God, uh, Scripture says that there are no prophets uh, in modern times. So that's uh, my uh, answer for the question tonight, and uh, that's the lesson I have, and we'll see you on the next show. Thanks for having me again, Stevie. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. This time, the storm, well, it brought me down to my knees, and I pray, Father, please, have mercy, Lord, cause I'm almost dead, and every morning, when I would rise, I did not think I could face another day. But I made because you fed me my, 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 my daily Yeah, see, when I needed faith, God fed me. Straight. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is a program reminder. Stevie B Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. Now, we're airing live shows on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Now, the Tuesday night show will air every second third and fourth Tuesday of the month. The second Tuesday of the month, this show I'm hosting live will be What a Word from the Lord radio show, and it will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. On this particular show, on the second Tuesday of the month, we have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the 
Churches of Christ will be making their proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And also during the show, we have the Community Corner segment that segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. I also have uh, two co-hosts on that live show, uh, Luke Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Overbrook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and my co-host Isa Mullins, he served the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. Now, the third Tuesday of the month, this show, What a Woman the Lord, will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my newest co-host is Dr. Antherica Lane. She's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist. She serves with the Gray Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. And she'll be hosting a show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, my co-host, Kelly Fletcher, she serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she will be hosting the Kelly Fletcher Show. And then on Thursday evening, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show, and that show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and I have seven co-hosts on that show, my co-host Clay Phillips, uh, Dr. Frank Washington, Steve Cordell, Robert Lee Johnson, Glenn McMillian, Cordy Carruthers, and Brian Christian Coleman. On this show, we'll be making their proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And each week, I have two co-hosts on the air with me. And I'm also taking a question from my social media platform, Shout It Out, on Facebook, that I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show. Then on Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast. And this radio show is the 2022 recipient for the NACAMA, the National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement for Record or Radio. And this show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on this show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, Sweet Sounds of Voices. And we're also interviewing artists, producers, comedians, etc. We're debuting new music on the show all the time. And we're also featuring old music as well. And every third Friday of the month, I'm doing the Top 20 Countdown show. And this Friday night, I'll be counting down my top 20 acapella gospel songs for the month of February. We also have my on-demand episodes, wherever you're getting your favorite podcast from. Uh, there's just a variety of musical platforms that you can use to get these podcasts. Uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. And also have recorded version shows. These shows uh, were album debuts mostly, so... The same playlist was used from my live show there on Blog Talk Radio. And these shows can only be heard on iHeartRadio, Deezer, and also Amazon Music. And just search for Stevie B Recorded Version Shows. And we want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you want to become a sponsor, just contact a sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production. It is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in the study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Live Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
listening to the gospel light radio show ladies and gentlemen that's our show i want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of god's word i want to thank my co-host dr frank washington and also my co-host steve cordo who uh, answered our question on the broadcast and dr frank washington of course gave us a lesson on the great commission we certainly do appreciate their efforts on this program i do not take these brethren for granted we appreciate all the work that they're doing 
on these programs. Ladies and gentlemen, these men could be doing anything else on a Thursday evening, but they chose to work with me here with Stevie B's Media Production on the Gospel Light Radio Show and present to you the Word of God each week on this broadcast, and I am so thankful for them. And it is my prayer that the lessons that were given on this show this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because not only tuned in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's Word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light radio show. On behalf of my co-host, I really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Steve R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light radio show. No, no. If it was my grandma's touch, or my grandma's mind, you knew me, you were a brother in my grandma's time. But I sure wish I could go back to those days and times. Now, 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 I don't know if it was my grandma's touch, or my grandma's mind. You know, maybe because I was looking through a little boy's eyes, but I sure thought things were better than they seem to be now. How in the world, how love, again I'd like to see love, respect, and dignity in our society, as the whole world gone crazy, things of the past, like youthful innocence. If only my eyes could see Things that my young heart believes Now we seek too much When we're much too young Twelve years old And you're gonna be full grown That will make my grandma Down at Grandma's church Grandma's mind You know me In my grandma's time But I sure wish I could go back Days and Do, 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 I know it's impossible do, do, to change, change time. Do, do, do. 
Well, I do believe we can change the mind If we look deep down within us Remember the lesson that Grandma taught us Grandma smiled Grandma smiled I was looking to the little boy's eyes But I sure thought things were better than they seem to be now How How 